Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. No, I think you, it'll be good, you know, especially about, I, I've heard your, you know, and know your take on soul, soul ties, ties without having sex. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so I'll take the first part of it. Maybe you could, one of y'all could talk about breaking them. Um, but yeah, actually you can have soul ties without having sex. In fact, you can have soul ties with a best friend. And because what, what it is, is whenever you are so intimate with someone that, I mean, basically, I, I don't know if I can even explain it well. Y'all could probably maybe do a better job than me. But you really get tied into the person where your identity is is starting to be formed by who they are and what they think and what they say. That is a form of soul tie. That's kind of probably like the first uh, level of your souls being tied together. Um I don't know if I, I mean, because I just, my experience with it is I had a best friend and um, she was, ama- she still was still great friends to this day, but I realized after we had, like life had just kind of taken us apart, um, that I was still like basing decisions on on who she was and what she would think because we were so close for so long. And it was like, I even told her one time, I'm like, I don't need a boyfriend when I have you because we were so close. We did everything together. And um, it was just, you know, it was a really sweet relationship that I had with her. It was not, um, it wasn't a homosexual relationship. It was just a best friend relationship. However, I found myself being wrapped up in what she would think and what she said. And so I had a hard time making decisions without, uh, you know, without thinking about her. So that's like one form, but I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you want to add to that uh, how to because because, of course, when you have sex, then like it just it's the most intimate thing you can ever do with someone is have sex. So, of course, that happens. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't know that I'm explaining the best, but maybe one of y'all want to talk about how to break them or add to what I said. No. Well, uh, really, there's no. As far as I know, a one, two, three kind of system on how breaking a soul ties. I know when I get saved, I'll speak from experience. Really, through prayer and 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 really just asking the Lord to uh, break those soul ties. Um, and and I think it's both. One, it's it's it is spiritual because a soul tie, you know, it it is something that uh, happens in the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And again, last week we didn't get into that, but I, I talked about, or I don't know if I talked about, I know Pastor Brady had, had maybe hit on it too. Uh, understanding how a soul tie works just really quick, because when you have yeah. sex, um, your, your brain releases all kind of chemicals like oxytocin, dopamine, uh, and, and different things like that. There's a, there's a, another one of the major ones, uh, serotonin, serotonin. Thank yeah. you. That was the other one I was thinking of. And so it like, well, I've always heard of soul ties growing up, you know, not growing up but when I got saved in the church. And then when I read this book and found out this, it's like, man, that's what happens. Those things are, are, are released mm-hmm. uh, in your brain. And God's placed them in there so where, you know, when my wife and I got married and began to trust each other even before sex and all that, those God's placed those things in you. So it begins in the soul, the mind, the wills and emotions, but then the enemy comes in and, and feeds on that stuff. So one way to break it is through prayer, asking the Lord to break it, uh, just doing spiritual warfare, you know, uh, taking authority over your life. And then the second part, like we talked about last time, is the practical way is if you find yourself thinking about that person or that relationship is like we talked about last time, making a conscious effort 
to deviate your thoughts away from them. So part of it's spiritual, and I yeah. think part of it's practical, disciplining yourself that I'm not going to continue to think about this person when those thoughts come up. And I think that's, uh, uh, I guess it is, that's a one-two punch of how to break it. Yeah. Um, can I get a, a show of hands, maybe? Does anybody, has anybody never heard of that before, like a soul tie? It's okay if you haven't. I, I didn't until I came to church. So most people have. Okay. Um, yeah, to add to all of that, I think all of that is very good. And um, everything that they said, like I've experienced that as well. Um, one thing, though, is I was totally unaware um, of soul ties. I didn't, I didn't know what in the world that was. And so what I didn't realize is a lot of times people will say stuff like, hey, you know, sex is is just a physical thing. You know, and some people will, will not – not dumb it down, but simplify it so much to where they'll just say, man, it's just, it's just a natural thing. It's just a physical thing. Um, and it's, it's not just a physical thing. Man, there's a, there's a connection that's developed. And every time you have sex with somebody, you, you for sure develop a soul tie. Now, you can do that without having sex with them. Um, the reason that's such a problem is it really does affect decisions you make in your life. It really does affect um, the course of your life, if that doesn't go taken care of, uh, yeah, doesn't go getting taken care of. I'll give you all a quick example. Um, I had dated a girl in high school for like five years, and um, it was a sexual relationship. And, you know, after I got saved, it was the weirdest thing. But like the attachment that I had with her, we had, we had broken up for a couple years. The attachment that I had had with her, I just felt like it was gone. I felt clean. I felt pure. And a few months after that, I ran into her at the mall uh, in Homa. And it, I, I was so shocked that I was able to look at her like a, like just another person. And it didn't have this grip on me. Well, fast forward like four years, I find out that she's still struggling with everything. And um, we ended up talking about it. And I had, I had just said, hey, this is what I think is going on. I think it's a soul tie. And you need to find somebody to talk to. Shorten that up a little bit. She ended up doing that. She, she found a pastor to talk to. Um, they prayed and, and just really it was a process. But man, she, she found healing there as well. But it's definitely a real thing. I mean, don't, don't ever let somebody dumb down sex. I mean, you, it, when you get into that realm of things, you develop soul ties. There's no question about it. So next question. Next question. Uh, so what is considered sexual in a relationship? Holding hands, kissing, a little more than kissing, where's the line? Good question. I just talked somebody else. Anybody want to take a crack at that one first? Maria, you hadn't spoke first. You good? Are you <laughs> okay, we kind of touched on this last time because, you know, everyone has different standards. And I think for all of us, we're not up here trying to dictate oh, you can't look at somebody. Don't touch them. Don't hold their hand. Make sure you don't ever kiss until the wedding. You know, everyone is tempted differently. And holding hands with somebody may be perfectly fine. Kissing may be fine. However, if you find yourself not, you can't control yourself, mm. and you're like, holy cow, I'm about to have sex, then perhaps don't do that. <laughs> don't That's kiss yeah. like don't start making out don't start touching because if you have no self-control and you know we all know ourselves and we know you know okay I, i'm not really capable of stopping then 
don't do the things that will lead. You know, if you're fine holding hands, if you're fine doing a little kiss, then so be it. But if you find yourself going further and further each time, then it's best to avoid the beginning of that. That's what I feel. Yeah, and to... I agree. And to add to that, and, and if you sent this question and it's not like a, it's not a shot. Okay. But we have been trained to have defined rules, right? Tell me what I can do exactly. And tell me what I can't do exactly. That's great for some things. For a lot of things, it's great to have a list of rules to follow. However, the thing is, is when it comes to some things, you have to pray like we talked about last time and ask the Holy Spirit. It's uh, it's not so much because like I don't think I on I honestly don't think holding hands is quote unquote sexual. Um, mm-hmm. We held hands, but I had a friend who her and her um, fiance couldn't hold hands because it just did a little too much for her. Okay, so it's like it, you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what. Um, what your boundary or what you can handle, and then you got to listen. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that. We had talked about that last time, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say this too. Um, anybody familiar with that scripture, not even a hint of sexual immorality? Um, so the way I define sex is, like, sex. You know, the, like the way Bible, the Bible defines sex, obviously. Yeah. And if That's... you are touching any sexual part, that's probably not the best That's thing good. either. Yeah. You know, so those to me are like, I like to work my way from the most dramatic end of the spectrum and then come to this point. So like, obviously those things, that's a no brainer. Look, that's sexually immoral. Um, When it comes to kissing, you know, like we've already said, like I know some people who, man, they're great men and women of God. They kissed before they got married. I didn't do anything other than that. Um, But then I know some great men and women of God and, and they didn't. Um, but they followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they were real. And and when it comes to this stuff, you will pay the consequence, whether good or bad, with whatever decision you make. And so there's no there's no like cop out, like oh well, I thought that was okay, and then I stumbled. That's the consequence. So it's okay to be conservative. What I would say is go with whoever has the most conservative conviction. So like let's say you're the guy and you're cool with kissing. But the girl's like, hey, look, I don't want to kiss until I get married. But then you go with that because that's the most conservative boundary. Okay, and I just, real quick, I don't want y'all to think God is looking at you. And the second that you cross that boundary, he's going to strike you down with this horrible consequence. I think sometimes we are like, oh, my God, I screwed up. God's going to curse me. I'm going to have a horrible consequence. I'm going to have leprosy and I'll never be loved. And, you know, it's... So you're, you're not going to do that, and God's not looking to strike you down, but it's all about us being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. So, Yeah, let me, let me add one more thing. I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm not going to get graphic, but I want to kind of piggyback. I've been thinking about this, because I've heard this kind of stuff, and what draws the line? Yeah. Obviously, like Pastor Brady said, if you're touching any inappropriate, like we teach our kids, any private parts, uh, mm-hmm. But you know you can have a you can have a sexual experience fully clothed. So yeah, let me just go a little, sure. just kind of a little bit further. Like I've I've known people that had basically a sexual experience fully clothed on the dance floor of a club yeah. because you can. I'm just I'm just get a little grab. You can rub and grind parts together fully clothed and still yeah. have sensations. Are y'all following me? 
So I'm just, I know it's a little graphic. I know, you know, it, it makes you might be a little uneasy, but seriously, you, you don't have to be like, yeah, but we were fully clothed. I mean, but still, as Pastor yeah, Bray, just kind of right. going back on that. So you can, if you have the same sensation, uh, no matter what it is with body part, even with your clothes on, then that's considered a form of sex. That goes back to any hint of sex. So don't, yeah. I just don't want you to be fooled into thinking like, well, we didn't even take our clothes off. Well, but if, if, it, if you go there and the sensations, feelings, and experiences are the same, then you've entered into a sexual relationship. Does that make sense? Totally. All right. Jay, we got any text questions? You kind of just hit this one and said, is it okay to kiss before marriage? Okay. That was one. Yeah, we just covered it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was helping you. But uh, this one is, how do you tell the difference between genuine feeling or emotion for someone and the distracting hormones of being a teenager? That is a good question. Hmm. <laughs> Say it again. I just want to yeah. hear it again. <laughs> how do you tell the difference between genuine feeling or emotion for someone and the distracting hormones of being a teenager. Okay, ask yourself why. Like, why am I feeling this way? If I'm feeling this way because I have genuine care and concern and really think this person is godly and I want to have a possible future in the will of God with them, okay, I would say that's genuine feelings. But if the answer to your why is what they have to offer could possibly make me feel real good, then that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So your why in that case. Such wisdom from such a beautiful woman. <laughs> that's good. I ain't got nothing to add to that. That was awesome. No, that's good. No? Uh, wait, I got something to add, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. All right. Um, here's what I would say. That feeling that I think we're, we're referring to, can you read that question one more time, Jay? Yep. How do you tell the difference between genuine feeling or emotion for someone yeah. and the distracting hormones of being a teenager? So what I would say is that there's a culture out there that tries to define love. And I think that's the feeling we're, we're getting at here. And um, one of the things is uh, some of you have probably heard this. Love's a choice. And um, when you look at what the Bible says love is, when you look at 1 Corinthians um, and you look at the love chapter, um, there's things like love is patient, love is kind. You can't instantaneously be patient. And, and it's, it's hard to be kind after things are tested, after your patience is tested and, um, you know, long suffering, all those things. You know, I think people get confused with what biblical love is and what um, infatuation is. And that's like that rose colored glasses, like, oh, my goodness, man, this person makes my heart beat. You know, that's that's not necessarily love. That might be the beginning but um, that's not biblical love. Love is not sex. Love is not, you know, like what society says love is. God's defined it. And so I would just encourage you, you know, look in 1 Corinthians, uh, read that and test whatever feelings you're having with that. See, see how much, um, how, how, how well those, those things mesh. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Here's one from the, a text. It says, how do I stay pure in a family environment where it's not looked highly upon. Oh, wow. Where purity is not looked highly upon. Right. Yeah. Um, I know I do a lot of talking, guys. Sorry. I'm just going to let you Remember guys Remember that sound that you told me to, like, make if it thinks, if you're talking too long? <laughs> I'll make it soon. Really? He hadn't even talked yet. Okay, well, I mean, did you want to answer? No, I was going to let Pastor Brady. Oh, Pastor Brady, you got an answer for it? 
Yes, I do. Um, can you re-ask that question? Oh, a family that doesn't value purity. Um, well, this is, this is what I would say. I think if you're asking that question, number one, I think it's a good question. Um, I, I didn't necessarily grow up in, in a family that valued purity. I mean, they valued me, and they didn't really understand how purity would affect me. And so now that you understand the effects of that and you understand that, yeah. um, you know what? When you're not, when you, when you live a life, when you, when you go have, just have sex with anybody that you want, you're going to pay the consequence. There's a develop, there's a, a level of heartache you're never meant to experience. And it, and, and people take their lives over it. People go into a, a lifelong depression over it. I mean, there's consequences that God really never wanted people to have to experience. Um, so with that being said, how, what do you do when a family doesn't value it? Um, I would say, what if, like, what if your family spent all their money all the time, never had a lot of money? Um, they get money, they'd make an, an income, but they'd spend a lot. And you'd notice, like, man, maybe there should be some saving. Like, maybe, maybe that's not a wise habit. Well, you, you see maybe the error of, of their ways, so to speak. So in your life, make the change you know, uh, purity. They don't have to value, like, it's not about what your family values at that point. Does that, does that make sense? I'm not saying don't value your family. Just saying, you know, set your own values. You know, does that, does that make sense? Was that a ramble? No, it was good. No. Can I add? Sure. Okay. Are you done? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What I would like to add is in that situation, um, you'd really practically have to be extra careful with what you um, what you take part in. If everybody, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. When I was a teenager, it was before I was saved. My brother got home with his friends when my mom was at work, and they put on pornography while I'm at the kitchen table. And I, I mean, yeah, videos, whatever they're called. On the, on the TV, and I'm sitting there trying to do homework, okay? Like, he had the friends of the neighborhood over, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. I wasn't saved, but I'm like, this is not right. What did I do? I excused myself to my room. And so it's like, you're going ha- to have to make um, practical decisions to excuse yourself when need be. And if it comes to it, have a conversation with your parents, pray about it, and let them know where you are if they, like, I mean, just don't respect it, don't care, or if they are giving you a hard time because that's life, and that happens a lot whenever a child gets saved and their parents are very upset and don't want them to be saved and don't want them to be holy. Well, if that's the case, then you know what? You'll have to have a a safe place in your home or outside, you know, on a swing. I don't know, that's just random. But, you know, you have to... Be responsible to create your own secret place mm-hmm. where you can go and be with God. If at mo- if it, you just cannot figure it out, come talk to one of us and yeah. we'll try to help you. Um, yeah, but I really think good. that that those you know tips could could you know be helpful. Amen. Any more? Good. All yeah. Right. Uh, I can't fight the desire for companionship, but I don't like thinking about it all the time. How do I fight the feeling of loneliness besides praying? Because sometimes that feels like it's not enough. Yeah, I mean, of course. That's why God created community. That's why God created people. Mm-hmm. Because we're not supposed to walk this alone. And um, I understand, you know, we have seasons of loneliness. But, you know, it, it's not all about 
you know, being surrounded by 15 to 30 friends. It's just find one or two that you know will be there for you, that can walk with you. Because if you don't have that, then yes, that's going to be very lonely. Because, yeah, praying is wonderful and being connected with God is wonderful. But God also created human beings. That's right. God created Eve because Adam was not meant to be alone. So that, that was the beginning of time. So find someone to do life with and walk close with. And that way it'll help that loneliness. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Can I, can I, I just want to add to that. I think that's very good. Like do life with somebody. Um, also, you know, when it comes to that word intimacy, I think that was that in that question? Inti- in- no, it or? wasn't. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw it in there. Um, that word intimacy, you know, real intimacy is not always just a physical thing. Like, Intimacy is what people want when they have companionship Um, and real acceptance. You know, when somebody knows everything about you and they still love you and they still accept you and then you know everything about them and then you still love them and you still accept them. That's intimacy. I mean, that's like you see everything you accept. They see everything and there's still love there. There's nothing hidden. Well, you have that with God. So when you have that with God, like when you learn like, wow, I am all of these things and God still loves me. Like when you can start to worship and experience the presence of God, knowing that you still have all these things wrong with you and all these flaws and he still shows up, man, there's like, what intimacy, like no one knows you better than him. And so that's, that's the, the intimacy connection. And then with friends, like you can have an intimate relationship, uh, you know, a healthy uh, level of intimacy with a friend um, as well. So, yeah, just to piggyback on that. Great. Uh, Everyone around me is watching the new Fifty Shades Darker movie and saying how great it is. Are movies like this really that bad for my purity? (laughs) Hey, guys, keep them coming. Yeah. Go ahead, Maria. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take this one. <laughs> it's my favorite movie, so now I'm just joking. Uh, I've actually never seen it, but I had some close people in my life uh, watch and read it. And let me just say that sex can be a beautiful thing, but what that movie and the, the book has done is perverted what was created to be something beautiful between a man and a wife. And so... It can really cloud your view of what it's supposed to be like. Mm. So when you begin opening your mind to such perversion, y'all, I'm telling you, what is in that movie, in that book? (laughs) I told them, I said, if anybody looked at me and said, hey, I want to chain you up and whip you, I would look at them. I'm not even telling you what I would do. But it would be, be, I would go to jail and I would be happy for the rest of my life for what I just did to that person. But let me just say that don't allow yourself to, like, your mind to be open to that type of perversion because that is not, that's not love. And that's not what was created for us mm-hmm. as a beautiful thing. That is a horrible, disturbing way to get off. Yeah. Uh-uh, that's, that's how he's, period. Yeah. And 
So likewise, the other kinds of movies and shows, the truth is, is I love how she put it and that we had already, we had talked about that. And so that's why I like Maria. But the truth is, is when God creates anything beautiful, sex, um, women, men, like why feed yourself with ideas that go against the very creation of God? And so like when God makes something a certain way, I encourage you not to play around with an idea uh, that goes against what God says. Take that how you will. Pray about it. But I would encourage you before you go see a movie or before you start to watch a show on Netflix, ask the Lord, is this going to draw me closer to you? Or is this going to distort my view of who you say that I am and who you say that the people around me are? Yeah, Just a challenge for y'all. And, and look, I'm going to continue to you know plug this because that is the name. And a more practical way is before you go watch any movie, there's a website called Plugged In Online or PluggedIn.com. You can search any movie that's out or any popular movie, and it will tell you exactly what is in it. It's a Christian guy that reviews movies. And so like for Darker Shades, it will tell you exactly what's in the movie. He'll tell you, you know, all the, the, the sex scenes. He's not going to break it down graphically. Literally, the guy will tell you how many curse words. Of all, you know, so it's like now these people are like, man, I went to a movie and I didn't know and I had to walk out. Really, there's no excuse for that now. If you want to stay pure, because the question was, are these movies really bad for my purity? They're horrible for your purity. And what they, you know, they have ministries like this that help safeguard that. So you can just go online, pluggedin.com, search for whatever you want to. And, and, and it's a really, really easy way to do it. Cause look, I've, I'm guilty. Even as a young married man, as a young minister, I, I've taken my wife to movies that I, I got convicted about after and was like, man, I thought this movie would be okay. And then, you know, and, and I didn't do the godly thing and say, Hey, honey, let's get up and get this is, and, but later I got convicted about it. It's like, man, I didn't, I didn't protect her. I didn't honor her by exposing both her and me to this, this kind of, and it was nothing as, as nearly as bad as something like this, but I still got convicted. There, there were some sexually impure things in them. And so, again, that's a very practical way. You can go on PluggedIn.com and check out any movie, even TV shows, and, and you can see that that stuff's in it. And if you just read that, of course, like she said, pray about it. But if you read that and you know that it's going to be something that's sexually immoral or, or even along those lines of media, and if there's quite a few people in here that were in our youth ministry when we were youth pastors, I can tell you I was big on, on media and being careful, not because I, I'm trying to, you know, you not to have fun and all kind of stuff like that, but she's absolutely right. Media has a way of, 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 of influencing you. Media has a way of distorting God's view. So even in when it comes to, when, I thought about media when y'all talked about the companionship thing, because even in things that are not really necessarily sexual in nature, a lot of the romance, you know, books or, or movies and stuff make you seem like you you need somebody to to complete you and fulfill you yeah. in every aspect of life. And even though it's not in a sexual way, it, it can be, it, it can make you feel like, well, man, without a companion of the opposite sex, I'm never going to be completed. I'm never going to be truly fulfilled. Yes, I believe it's God's desire for you to be married one day. If that's your desire, you know, I, I believe that. You know, But at the same time, just be careful because we, me and uh, Pastor Brady were talking about this the other day. I forget who it was. It was like one of the great dictators a long time ago, like Stalin or one of these guys, and he said, if I want to influence a culture, all I need to do is get a hold of the media. Yeah. He said, I can influence a whole culture and change a whole 
country's way of thinking if you let me get to him through media. And yeah. this was way before TV's internet or anything. He understood this. So just just be careful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Um, next question. It says, sex is not a subject we talk about at home. It feels like it is bad in and out of marriage. Uh, it is that one subject we don't talk about. How I do count purity high, but how do I start a conversation with my parents to be open with me about it? Yeah, some really good questions. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think... Oh, go ahead, Maria. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, because I was going to piggyback off what you said about God created and it was a beautiful thing. So if you want to stay in that vein, go, go for it. I was going to get out of that vein. Okay, well, let me stay in that vein just for a minute. <laughs> okay. Then you can jump go in ahead. another vein. We have a lot of veins in here, up here, right. so... Uh, <laughs> A lot of healthy veins. Healthy veins. Um, <laughs> but Maria's absolutely right. We got to remember that God, so for you, for you with your parents, if your parents think it's a bad thing, very respectfully honoring your parents, remind them that God created sex and it is a beautiful thing. He created it to be between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. So it is a beautiful thing. I remember being at a conference and, and the, the pastor or, you know, the, the professor teaching it said, you know, uh, sex is good, right? And this was a bunch of adults, pastors, counselors, all kinds of said, sex is good, right? And a couple of us, like, I was like, yeah, I might have been the loudest one in there. I was like, yeah, it is. Sex is good. And then one lady said, yeah, in the right context. He said, but you see even that right there. He was making a point, but he was saying even now, even these are counselors and pastors, it's almost like she had to say sex is good in the right context. But he was trying to get to the point how perverted is God. He's like, we can just say sex is good because mm -hmm. it is, because yeah. God created it as a beautiful thing. Now, it has got it, gotten perverted. So going back to the origin, if there's a way you can respectfully talk to your parents and start there and say, listen, God created sex. This was his idea. Yeah. Sex was his idea. It is supposed to be in the context between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. And so it's not a bad thing. It's not taboo. And, and probably what's going on with your parents, I don't know your parents, and I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt, is that they might have been brought up teaching that it was wrong. You don't talk about it. I hear people say, man, I grew up in my house, and two things we never talked about was sex and politics. You know, that was like the taboo things, you know. But that's to go back to the origin of knowing that God created it and it's beautiful. He created, let me, let me go out a step further, because I've had people tell me this, uh, even Christian people and, or non-Christian people when I first got saved, yeah, but God created sex for procreation, so, you know, you're not supposed to enjoy it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's right. God created sex for us to enjoy it yep. with our husband or our wife, you know, and so it's a beautiful thing. So start there and try to have an open dialogue in a very respectful, honoring way and say, hey, listen, I know you don't like to talk about it, and, and maybe find out. You might find out that that was maybe their view. So, again, I guess my whole answer is go back to the origin and, and that start there that it is okay to at least have a discussion and let's stay in the vein of purity and that, hey, we understand it's wrong out of marriage, through media, through porn or anything, and Maria's just dying to jump back oh, in. No, no, I'm not dying, but go ahead. I was resting my microphone. Okay, but let me just say that, that sometimes parents are just so closed off and they're not ever willing to if they're never willing to talk about it because it's like this horrible sin, then find adults that you trust so that you could talk to them about it because you need to find an outlet. That way it's not created to be this horrible thing. And that way the night that you get married, it's like, oh my God, 
Yeah. I cannot cross yeah. this boundary. And excuse me, because Maria, we, we had this conversation because you grew up in church and I didn't. And specifically, and again, I just want to ask you specifically, it says, how do I start a conversation with my parents to be open-minded? You as, a, as somebody that grew up in church, as a church kid, maybe your parents, I don't know your parents are different, but they're asking specifically, how do I start that conversation? Okay. Well, I had really good parents that didn't make it. Make it awkward. Okay. No. So I maybe mean, one they, of they these talked can, to us okay. very young. I'm saying, yeah, you know, so I, it was fu- it was good what he said about the approach, but I was just saying, okay. just in case there's they're like, you. okay, yeah. sorry, I don't feel comfortable ever talking about this. This is a no zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then to find somebody, do exactly what he said. Try that. But if they're still unwilling to yeah. talk, find people that you can connect with adults, Amen. not not peers. Yeah. Yeah. But find people, yeah, that's good. and that way you can walk through that no that's good like spiritual parents or somebody that's that's great go ahead and, you want real quick just to yeah. say you know also that that is definitely a reason and and i mean i've seen that um but also your parents might just be a little scared they might be scared that if you start talking about sex that you'll want to have sex mm-hmm. well you'll become a prostitute right so, i mean they, their minds go crazy so you know in the approach if your parent you know is, is one of those you just might be like look I am not asking because I want to go out and have sex right now. I'm asking because I think that I should have them. Like I think that's something natural, something beautiful, and I think that I should have the information. But please don't go, don't be scared. So maybe you need to reassure your parents if you feel that they fall in the fearful, no, scared yeah. category. Like, look, this is not you know you know what I mean. That's good. Yeah, yeah I want to add a little bit too. Um, you know, like they all kind of hit on. Sometimes, man, do you ever like, I don't know, would, would you be comfortable talking about specific subjects? Like what if somebody, what if there's like an uncomfortable subject to you? It might not be bad, but somebody comes up to you and they just want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. And so you would shy away from having it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. Maybe your parents aren't bad people. Maybe it's just something that they're just not comfortable talking about. Um, what I would say is I wouldn't keep pressuring them to have a conversation if they've made it clear, hey, look, I, I don't want to talk about it. it. It's hard because I don't know who asked the question and what this, the specific case is. Um, but like they said, there's plenty of options if you need to discuss some things. Um, and then the other thing was there was, oh, yeah, there's like an attachment. I said this when I was preaching the, the first purity message. Um, Chris Valentin said, uh, the world perverts sex. Um, the church tends to shame sex, or religion shames sex, but God celebrates it. And so sometimes I think that a religious spirit can try to shame people into purity. Like, you know, sex is bad, shame on you. If you bring it up, that's you wanting to, to, to do something bad type thing. And um, I think as long as you just apply that truth that, hey, that's not where I'm coming from. Um, and I, I don't agree with what the world says. Just want to have the conversation about the right thing. You know, I think if you preface it that way, you might make a little progress. Great. Uh, what's a healthy time span of dating before marriage? One year, two years, three years? Two weeks. <laughs> That's my advice. Do we have the ability to edit this? Yeah. Or, or Goodness gracious, yes. <laughs> um. I think to get past the stage of infatuation, I think because sometimes like, I had someone super, super close to me 
and they dated for a year. They were engaged for a year. And they were so infatuated with each other. And the night of their honeymoon, everything left. All those feelings, everything was gone. And uh, I was like, wow, that that's pretty awful. And, um, you know, sometimes the Lord will speak and it's like, you know, you know, it. we're supposed to get married and it's a short time. You know, this is just like the kissing and the touching and all of that because there's so many stories from like people that got married really quickly and it, it was a gigantic God thing and they knew other people, it, it took a little bit longer and that's perfectly fine too. It's just being sensitive to the Lord and make sure you don't do it based off of feelings and because I want to have sex. Yeah. Getting married so you can have sex is the biggest disaster known to man. Do not get married so that you can have sex. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's just. I, I want to add to that too. Um, that's why it's so important for you to have people in your life that you trust. Yes. Um, like good friends that you trust, godly friends who are going to tell you godly wisdom things, not worldly opinion or their opinion. Um, people who that you trust have good discernment. It's good to have people older than you. That's why it's good to be close to your life group leaders. Um, I'm always, I always have an op, you know, open door policy. Anybody up here, the same thing. Because people who don't have an agenda for your life other than, hey, I genuinely want to see you have success in life. I want to see you have a successful marriage. I want to see if you have a successful family, et cetera, et cetera. Listen to those people. Develop trust with people and, and good relationships with mentors and, and healthy peers um, before you get to that point. Because if you get to that point and you say, hey, I really want to know what you feel about this person. I'm thinking about marrying them. If you've developed that, they'll be able to tell you, hey, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Or won't you take a step back, slow down a little bit. But you should have mentors and people that you trust speaking into your life. Yeah. So, oh. Go ahead. Ladies first. Thanks. Okay, and I want to add, it was kind of something I said earlier, but um, you, you definitely, again, the why, you know? Um, the why is what's going to separate infatuation to uh, God, from infatuation from what does God want for my life? And so I think that when, or I know that whenever you are, you got to check your motives. You know, when you're thinking about getting engaged and marrying someone, it's like, why am I wanting to marry them? Am I wanting to marry them because they make me feel good? Am I wanting to marry them because I think that I can rescue them and make their life better? Or am I wanting to marry them because I believe that this person will complete the plan that God has for my life? Mm. See, so that's very important to know. Now, look, you 16, 17, 18, and you're, if you're dating, even if you're 35, when you first get to know someone and, you know, maybe go on it, however it works for you, because I know everybody has different rules, but whatever, when you're dating someone or you're getting to know someone, you may not have that question answered. It's not like the first time I see you, I have to know that God has a plan for us because I didn't, I didn't know that with him. It's just when you decide to commit to engagement, then you need to know, are we furthering God's kingdom together? Or are we just doing this thing because something's going to feel good? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, and just going back, there's so many different factors. But, but with, with, you know, and just to, you know, what Pastor Brady said about mentors. Mentors, yes, peers, but especially mentors. Having people older than you mm-hmm. that have been down that road. And, and, and I would go as far as this, you know, I, 
when I'm looking for somebody to mentor me, I want to make sure that, you know what, they're healthy in that area of their life. That's good. Yeah. So be careful of letting somebody mentor you that either is struggling in that area or, uh, you know, has constantly fell in that area. And they may be doing good at the moment, but they've had a history. You know, when I, when, when, when me and Cassie got, I, I was very young in the Lord, just got saved about two months when me and her got together and, and it was like, man, I was even like, man, is this too soon? You know, I even, you know, I, we had one person that I knew what people were thinking, but one that came out and said, that's God, this boy just got saved. You know, Cassie had been saved for a long time. She was already in youth ministry and doing stuff, but mentors were so important. And, you know, and, and I'm so thankful. I had a lot of mentors in my, seeing, in my life, seeing Macy about it. Her dad, her dad was a very influential mentor that helped me walk with me. Her dad had been, you know, her and her mom had been married for a long time already, had children, and he was further down the road, you know, another guy in the church, yeah. Pastor Todd, another pastor, administrative pastor. I had so many men pouring in my life, my own mom, you know, that was just, but all these men were established, were married, were serving the Lord, had purity as a high standard. And so, and that helped. So one or two years is hard, kind of hard for our case. It was 10 months, but you know what? I was 24 years old. I had my own job. I had my yeah. own place. I was established. So all those facts, the practical, I think we said this last time, the practical yeah. factor, like how long, if you're late, if you ask that question, you know what? If you're the guy you want to marry, ain't got a steady job yet. It's not on his own. Then you know how long before you get married? Till he has a good job and he moves out of his mama's house. You know, right. yeah. that's just some practical things. There's so many different factors, you know, but the mentor yeah. thing is one to have somebody walk with you that's older than you further along down the road because that's going to more than a time frame because time frames are going to vary all the way across the board. That's more important than, than anything, you know. That'll preach. Good. Uh, why is porn looked down upon more than other sins? And no one ever confesses they slipped up in their own greed or pride. Uh, why do we do this with porn? Great question. Let me, uh, I'm going to take the first swing at that. Yeah. Well, first off, I don't think it's looked down upon worse than any other sin. This is what I think. I think that we typically feel that whatever sin we struggle with is is the one that's looked at the harshest. I think sin is sin. Um, but I, I'll say this. I'll say it's probably more embarrassing for someone to admit that they struggle with porn uh, what was the beginning of that question, Jonathan? Oh. Uh, why is porn looked down upon more than any other sin? Oh, okay. We'll keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, no one ever confesses that they slipped up in their own greed or pride. Why do we do this with porn? Uh, I think, I, I mean, like, I'm, like, I'm looking at Brandon. Like, Brandon constantly, when he's preaching, will confess his sin before the congregation like he'll you know uh you know he'll talk about his anger like he'll say I you know I got really mad I got really angry um I I definitely hear a lot of people talking about pride uh, you know so I think that maybe what uh Pastor Brady said was right that when you're dealing with something it seems like all eyes on you and I think that that is the tactic of the enemy to, to make you feel like you know, everybody's attacking you and your issue because he does that to me. You know, yeah. my issue is not that, but he does that to me. But I do want us to, you know, kind of set that uh, thought um, straight that 
I, I definitely, I mean, I, and me and Brady were talking yesterday about, was that yesterday? Mm-hmm. About how many messages we listen to on a regular basis from other different churches. Like, I listen to our people, you know, I, I'm, you know, my husband, I'll listen to him in the house. When I'm cleaning, I'll listen to Pastor Todd. I listen to different churches around our nation that their ministers speak to me. I, on a weekly basis, I'm listening to lots of messages. And I certainly hear a lot of pastors confessing their own sin. Mm-hmm. And it's not just porn yeah. or the temptation to look. It's a wide variety of of things. So yeah. that's just my uh, experience. Yeah. So I just want to hit that part of the question. Yeah. And, and just real quick, if, you, if you're feeling like that, if let's say you're struggling with porn and you're feeling like that, um, the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you, but that which is common to man and God is faithful and will provide a way out. So a lot of times, whatever the sin is or temptation you're struggling with, whatever that is, don't think like, man, I'm ousted. Like I'm the only person that deals with this. Like everybody deals with so many different sins. So it's not like you're the only one who deals with that. And then there's power in confession. There's there's power in Humbling yourself to, if it's your life group leader or a pastor, there's power in that because there, there's freedom in humbling yourself. Because when you, when you humble yourself, God gives grace, and that's empowerment. He'll empower you to, to live free of that, that sin, whatever the sin is, porn, whatever. So just encourage you, just find somebody you trust, again, and, and confess your sin to them. You know? Yeah, and, and if I can say this, maybe one of the reasons that that question was asked and why it's magnified, again, coming from where we're sitting and now knowing the effects and I got exposed to hardcore pornography in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That's a year younger than my son is right now. And, yeah. and, and that blows my mind, but I see the, what it, what it caused. Now there's so many studies. Again, neurologists have done studies on the brain. So we're understanding this stuff. Maybe one of the reasons why it's, it's such a big deal, going back to those three chemicals I mentioned, they find they've have uh, discovered that watching pornography is just as addictive as doing some of the hardest drugs like, crack cocaine or heroin your Mm -hmm. your brain releases these same chemicals and you literally become addicted to it so i think one of the reasons pornography is highlighted so much because of how destructive it is yeah and i think maybe that's that's maybe answer your question again a matter of fact they liken it to drugs here's another another website if you want to jot it down or you can remember there's actually a website called fightthenewdrug.com and it's all about pornography and what they're saying it's like it's discovered as it looks at as 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 a new drug because it's so addictive and becomes so destructive to your own brain your well-being your developmental especially y'all are still developing mentally you know, uh, emotionally, physically, relationally, it, it just, and, and, and it's so destructive. And I think that's why it's probably one of the reasons you may look at it as being so much, uh, so heightened in, in, uh, in people's eyes. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I've heard that if you think about marriage too soon in a relationship, then it gets you guys too close and tempted to cross lines. But I've also heard that you should go into dating with marriage as the intention, which is correct. That's good. That's a good question. Can I jump right on that one? Got some deep thinkers in here tonight. I'm telling you, man, really good. That's good. Um, I I would say this. Um, Things tend to have a step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And we want to take those steps incrementally on a time frame that we want to take them. So what am I talking about? If you start dating and you're 12 and you start developing these feelings, like what what are you going to do? That's step like that's step one, dating. Step two, let's say that would be engagement. You can't get engaged at twelve, right? That'd be 
well, not anymore. I mean, maybe back in like the 40s, you could get engaged at 12. But bottom line is, are you going to hold out until you're 21, 22, you have a house and have a job? Because that's going to, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but man, that's a, hope hope you're ready for that. It's a long time to hold out. Um, what I would say is, that's that's another one of those like general case-by-case case things. Should Here's, here's what I wouldn't want to see happen. I wouldn't want to see you overthink dating so much that it, it's, it's not natural, it's not practical. It's like, hey, would you like to grab coffee so we can talk about how we can get married in a year? Like, that would be like, no, thanks, right? But then the other end is, don't be going out and hang out with this girl or this guy. Um, start developing all these feelings with, like, no, no end goal. At that point, you're just toying with each other. And that's the other end of that spectrum. So I think once a good balance, what I would say is once you realize like, oh, oh man, I think I like this person. They like me. Have a conversation and then be intentional about the after. Like, like what are you going to do after that conversation? And then don't do that at 12 years old. So anyway. And I think, again, motive is very important, you know. Um <sighs> I just wish, you know, that I could just convey the importance of the decisions you make. You know, we'd like to think that we can just make decisions based on our feelings or based on what everyone else is doing, and it's going to turn out the best case scenario. But the truth is, it's like, man, your motives are important. Your decisions are important. And so I can't stress enough how all these, you know, a lot of these questions, it's like, do you have a, if, no, let me just say it like this. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, yes. and if you are praying and being guided, you're going to have tough times. You're going to have great times, but you're going to be in the will of God. And so whether it's marriage, uh, dating, um, you know, what to do, and which is what we're talking about, or, or anything else in life, what job to take, what, you know, college to go to, what friends, what job, I mean, all that. Like, I can't stress enough how being in relationship with the Holy Spirit, reading your Bible, doing what it says, you know, I mean, just like getting fed the word communion with God, like that is going to just help you out and answer so many of these questions because it's not cookie cutter. We're not all going to do the same thing. We're not, we're not all going to think the same thing. We're not all called to be the same person. Like we are called into a relationship with God. And so in that, and that just that that'll let let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Yeah. Guide. That's good. I think we got time for one more quick one if if we uh what are some resources you would recommend uh regarding purity? Moral Revolution um is a good book the young adults are going through. Um I just jumped right on that one, didn't I? Oh sorry. Um Moral Revolution. Um, Chris Vallotton, Jason Vallotton wrote that book. There's actually, there's a girl's guide, like a 40-day journal for girls. And then there's like a 40-day like study book guide journal thing for guys. Um, I have copies of those. If you're interested in that, just come see me. And then um, there's the book Moral Revolution. And um, awesome book. I mean, the guy, he, he paints such a perfect picture of purity. He doesn't. He doesn't make it weird. It's just so practical, relevant, and 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 true. So uh, that's definitely one resource. I wanna. I wanna just say that you know I've been saved 
20 years, and I got saved when I was a teenager. Um, you could do the math if you want. But um, I, I've been saved for 20 years. I, I've been in ministry for like 18. And um, I've been around a lot of material, a lot of teaching on this subject. And when uh, Pastor Brady gave me the girl's guide to uh, whatever he just yeah, moral revolution, um, I, I just read a few things and I was like, oh, wow. This is golden. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I didn't go through the whole book, but we've had conversations and I'm just like, this stuff is good. And um, again, you know, after 20 years of reading all kind of material and hearing all kind of preaching about it, that's some good stuff. So I just want to stamp on that. Yeah. Get some weight on it. Yeah, an older one, and he, he mentioned a scripture, uh, not even a hint. Actually, it was called something else. And it's still, I, I believe it was still a good book, but it's actually called Not Even a Hint. Comes from that scripture. Uh, on on that. Hey, can we close? Can I can I just hit on one more of these just really quick? Because yeah. I want to speak oh, yeah. to the ladies real quick. Just to the hey, ladies. Take it and away. Was, I think it was the only one in this paper, maybe the, one of the two. It says, what yeah. are some values that we should look for uh, in a pure relationship? And I just want to speak to you ladies mm-hmm. out there, yeah. you young ladies. If, if it was a young lady that wrote this, if not, what, va- what kind of values should I look for in a pure relationship? The number one thing is, I would say, from a guy's point of view looking back, is, is that guy going to protect your purity that's good is he going to protect your purity that's the number one value is he going to honor you and and you know what because you know whenever even say let y'all get into y'all trying to stay pure and you might even push the boundary a little bit and if he's the one that's going to stand up and say no we we can't do this i love you enough i honor you enough and i want to protect i honor the lord i want to protect your purity at first you might get offended you might get embarrassed but but you can step back and look like wow He's honoring me and he wants to protect me. So for a young lady, the number one value I think you can look for is, in a, is a man or a young man willing to protect your purity. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Completely agree. Amen. 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 Well, how about this? Um, I know a lot of times when we're talking about this stuff, it, there's probably more questions that you might have. And maybe you didn't get to put your question in. Or there's probably some things that you might need prayer about. Um, I know that in you know at the end of the last Q and A, you know, I talked to a couple people who who said, "Man, you know, I had some more questions following the questions we answered," and um, we want to be here for you um, if 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 you guys can for the next five or ten minutes. Just we'll be up here for prayer, um, any of that stuff. But why don't we go ahead and stand up? And um, you know, it's been a great for me. Uh, I really enjoyed this series. This has been, you know, I've been pastoring for, I guess, almost two years now. This has so far been my favorite uh, series, favorite um, favorite topic to talk about because I think it's just so relevant. And um, it's really sparked a lot of good conversation from you guys. I hear a lot of feedback in your small groups. Um, I just want to encourage you. Um, the, the openness that's been developed throughout this series uh, keep that going. Keep that going. You know, a lot of the questions that you guys and girls had tonight was um, quickly remedied by, hey, find a mentor. Find somebody that you trust. Find somebody that you that, that you will listen to when they speak into your life that you know they have the best in mind for you. Find that person. Um, that's why we do small groups so, so frequently is because we want you to develop that relationship. So I'm just going to pray over you guys. Um, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And afterwards, we'll be up here for prayer. I want to encourage you, come up for prayer. Um, Don't feel like there's anything too insignificant to pray about. And there's no question out there that's a stupid question. I just want to encourage you, 
in that. So I'm just going to pray. For those of you who don't need prayer, I will see y'all on Sunday, and I love you guys. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray that everything that was talked about tonight, when people would leave here, or even now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just speak directly to every student. Lord, I just pray, let's right now where you are, Just I want to invite you, just close your eyes. And I'm going to just ask this question, and I want you to ask this question from your heart. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What is he saying to you? Maybe he's bringing something up. Maybe he's encouraging you. I don't know. But whatever it is that he's saying, whatever thoughts come into your mind right now, I want you to continue to seek the Lord on that tonight. And maybe even in prayer with people up here. So Lord, I just pray a blessing over everybody here. I pray that as they leave you, keep them safe. Lord, I pray that you would keep them pure. Lord, I pray that they would continue to grow in their understanding of the subject of purity. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you continue to just mold them to be the men and the women that they're supposed to be. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, please come up. If not, I love you guys. See y'all next time. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.